devil in the details. <laughs> Hello and what's this week's Down for the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxton and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week. As ever, we've got Paul Parkin. So, Parkin, how was your week after the big win on Saturday? Yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, actually. It was obviously just, just unbelievable. I know we'll talk about that in a bit. But following that game, I had a cross-country trek by about four trains over to the East Coast, over to Filey, to meet oh, yeah. with the family. So we spent a few days up there, and we come back. We just just come back, got the tickets, and now I'm all prepared for for Saturday again. It's just it's, it's an absolute whirlwind at the moment. But what else would I be doing at this time of the year? Let's be honest. A lot of rugby fans that be swapping places with me. Hmm. So no, it was yeah, it's been a bit of a bit of a whirlwind the last few days. I managed to watch the the game back the other day, and that's that pleased me again. The, the excitement, I, honestly, I. I I don't know if I've come across like that, but I'm absolute. I'm just too giddy at the moment. It's ridiculous. It's the rock and roll lifestyle of the rugby league podcaster, Paul. That's what it is. It's you watch the game back at least twice, and you relive that moment. And every day gets nearer to that semi final. We all get that little bit more excited, don't we? That's what I've been doing this week. We've been counting down the days. Went down, and got my ticket on Monday. Uh, nice queue form. Got through pretty quick. <laughs> so uh, yeah, good stuff. Only a couple of days now. Very excited. Yeah, well, this is how it feels to be a big club. <laughs> so some clubs get to do this every year, and it's yeah. probably like all hat to them now. They're not, they're not bothered. But for us, this, I mean, you know, obviously 2019, then we had the Challenge Cup, which was a bit a letdown as a fan, but mm. still a great achievement. But this again, this is, I don't, I think this is better. I don't know why. I just think it feels better. There's something about us at the moment that's I just can't put my finger on. But I, I've, I've never seen or felt anything like it before. Yeah, it's a moment in it. It's a moment yeah. in time which we're all sharing, which is a, a, a big thing. Obviously, like you said, with the Challenge Cup, never really, we never really got there. Yeah. We, we got there. We, we played the game, but us fans didn't really experience that Challenge Cup fever. Obviously, the grand final the year before, what a magical moment that was with everybody there. And this one's going to be, you know, even better because I think talking, we'll say, hopefully, we get to the grand final. You got to lose one to win one. Yeah. And, and I thought when we went to play Saints. It was just about being there and experiencing it. We didn't really, and our mindset for me wasn't we're gonna we're gonna go win this. We were all just like, you know what, we're in the grand final. Let's just yeah. savor every moment, which is great because obviously we don't think we're ever going to get there. But yeah. it's different this time around. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think you know, even myself when we went to that that grand final in 2019, I I don't think I went with any commitment that thinking that we were going to win the game. Saints, I just thought Saints were far too good for us before the game and it was just in me at the moment. I look around and I don't see anyone as good as us. Hmm. And that's the difference this year. We, there is no, nothing to stop us except ourselves and injuries. But we'll, again, we'll probably touch on that in a bit. It is different. It does feel different. I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident and it's strange because that's feel part of this, this elite group of teams that, you know, I mentioned that, that seem to get there every year. Well, you know, this is the second time in, what, four seasons. When you throw in the COVID bits between, so it was a bit difficult, it doesn't count. That's that's what big clubs do. They go back-to-back -back or whatever. They, they don't just go to one final. So, yeah, this is, this, it does feel different. And I'm, you know, I'm, I don't like being like this, but I'm actually really confident. Hmm. And obviously, it's talking about the sport and, and how we want it to grow. Salford... Are successful. They win the win the uh, the grand final. That's a, that's a name that isn't normally sort of put on that trophy, and that for me opens up sort of the world to rugby league 
there's only so many times you can sell Wigan and Saints in a grand final. Salford in a grand final is a new name. And if we do actually go on and win it, that for me opens up them Pandora's box of rugby league. Is it is it IMF or IMG? The, the people who are trying to... Yeah. Is it IMG? Yeah. IMG, yeah. yeah. Obviously, they look, they're looking to sell the sport and Salford come along and win this grand final. It's a gift for them. Yeah, and I think the, the other side of it, besides the, the other three teams involved and, and possibly Swinton, I think everyone will be wanting us to win it. Everyone will be backing us, even at this stage, you know, and it's... We're still the outsiders. We're still the underdogs, in, you know, in most people's minds. But yeah, would it be a massive lift for this for the sport to see a different team on it? I mean, you know, we've not even got through the semi yet, but to get to to the final, you know, the other three have all been there and all done it and won it countless times. You know, if you ask somebody from outside the sport, outside the heartlands, can you name Super League teams? We're not going to be one of them names. We win the we win the grand final this year. And people start talking mm. and people who follow sport in general will know all about us. And, we'll, you know, it, it'd be great for us. And again, it's great for the sport because then people look into it and find out. And then there's people in this area and the rest of the Northwest that probably don't know too much about us. Um, and it certainly helps sell the game. Sorry. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Someone just passed out. My <laughs> dog wasn't here and he's just... Come, come from absolutely nowhere to get the life out of me. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's, um, it, it's a massive chance for, for rugby league, really. Uh, we, we, we could change a lot of people's thoughts on not just us, but on the sport itself, that it's not. It doesn't have to just be two or three teams every year. And the other side of it is maybe you don't have to spend millions every year to compete at the top level. You just need the right chemistry. One team, one dream, Parker. That's the message. Absolutely. So, what we'll do, we'll look back at the Huddersfield victory. Uh, we'll touch on the ladies who, who were crowned champions in the championship last weekend. We'll look at all the big news coming out of the the, the World of Rugby League this week and Salford Red Devils. And then we'll preview the big game against uh, St. Helens on Saturday. So, we'll start with our uh, big match review. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your big match review. So, Pag, before we start to talk about the victory against Udderville, we'll just touch on the ladies. They were crowned champions on Sunday of the championship. They beat Stanley late, 42 points to four. Fantastic victory for Chris Bates' ladies. Well earned and obviously a historic moment, a double. Yeah, I don't know what else you can say about the girls. The first season, it's been an absolute dream, hasn't it? But And much deserved, hard work's gone into it and... I can't say anything, but, you know, a huge congratulations to them because they've been an absolute shining example to, to everyone this year. And I think, I, I don't know, many people might think I'm talking absolute nonsense, but I think they're part of why the club is where it is right now and why the first team, men's team, are, are, there's a buzz. There's a real buzz. And I think it started with them back in February, March. I really, when the first team weren't going so well and things were difficult, we had them to, to look at and go, you know, they, People can't get near them. They're that good. It's brilliant. And then there was, it just seems to carry on. Then there was the cup victory. And then this is, you know, I mean, it tops it all off. It's what you play for. You, you want to win the league. That's the, you know, that's the bread and butter every week. If you win a cup along the way, it's, it's obviously, you know, brilliant. But it's that week to week stuff that's, that's difficult. And I mentioned at the start of the year, I think, you know, that this was going to be a build up, hopefully, for, 
for us to go to Super League. And it's, it's getting used to that week-to-week contact and getting up the next day and these girls going to work or, or uni or wherever they're going um, and having to do that every week. And they've just they've flown through it. They've been unbelievable. And just massive congratulations and thank you to them for, for bringing us you know trophies and, and joy. And I think there's one more step to go. But um, I've got no doubts about them at all. I think they've just been absolutely unbelievable all year. And uh, yeah, just just really happy for them. Yeah, we're also joined by Paul Whiteside, fresh from keeping the economy going. <laughs> and friends. Uh, I, I, lads, yeah, sorry, my, my youngest just wanted to come on then. She comes in every week when we record and she's always frightened to death for coming on. So just come over and say hi. So yeah, I'm all right. How are you, lads? You okay? Yeah, good. Is it Ella? Yeah, very good. Is it what? Sorry, your youngest called Ellie. Ellie, Ellie youngest, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just getting her teeth brushed now and going to bed. Scoot back to school now, aren't they? So Imogen started high school on uh, last Monday, so she's she's got to high school now. She goes on her own, walks home. So she thinks she's about. She thinks she's ten men now, but no, she's uh, enjoying it. She enjoyed the win at Huddersfield on the weekend as well. So she hasn't stopped talking about St Helens this week. I think it's going to be a walk in the park. So uh, I'm not so sure myself. But, you know, no, yeah, it's obviously, Paul. Uh, we were just talking about the ladies and their, and their title-winning victory on Sunday against Stanley. What a you know fantastic you know fairy tale season it's been for him so far. Obviously got still a couple of games to go to get to that to that grand final. Uh, but yeah. you know they've been superb and we're all proud of their efforts. Oh yeah, they've been outstanding, haven't they? And we we said it every week, haven't they? the rugby they, they've played has been like the, the men's team, you know, it's been exciting stuff. They've they've scored plenty of points and I think we were talking about Stanley and saying that they were going to be one of the toughest tests, weren't they? Them and Alton, because uh, Alton was up there as well. And they've dispatched a pair of them. So, you know, you can't sing, sing any higher than that, can you? Now, is it playoffs Playoffs time now? It's It's been a, it's been a journey, incredible journey. I think when you consider it's the first season, to do what they've done has been out, has outstanding. I think both the ladies and the men's have exceeded all expectations really I mean I never expected this for, for either of them so shows what I know so they've been tremendous yeah uh, the playoffs next week uh, they're either going to play Hulkiar or Stanley at home um, the day after the grand final so we're going to be obviously focused on that match and the victory against Stanley on next week's show so that's something to look forward to so let's move on to the men Parkett and their victory <coughs> against uh, Huddersfield 28 points to nil what a fantastic win for Rallies, man. Yeah, he, he's, he's brilliant, isn't it? I knew it was good on the day, but you get wrapped up in it and, you know, the atmosphere was unbelievable, wasn't it? The, the travelling fans were, were phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. But when you watch the game back, you realise how good we really were. Mm. And it, every week we've praised our attack, how, how, you know, brilliant we are to watch, how electric going forward. This week, our defence... I mean, we're up against a good Huddersfield side there, very organised, structured. Never had a flip. Never, I never felt in danger at all. When they were 10, 15 out from our line, it just seemed like we, we snuffed everything out. The determination and the, the, the willing to work for each other in, in defence when, when things weren't going our way, when we went down to 12 men, again, that was, that was something else. And then, obviously, you throw that attack on top. And that, that lightning kind of quick sort of start in the first 10 minutes again, which is blowing teams away all round. Just just a brilliant, brilliant performance. And like I say, just a great day. Yeah. Controlled, measured, calm, and 
you know, electric at times, Paul. And, and obviously, in playoff rugby, you need to be on your game. Every moment matters, and that's what it is. We we, we had more positive moments than them throughout the throughout the the game, and now we're through to the semi final. Yeah, it's knockout rugby league. It's like a playing challenge cup, isn't it? Playoff games like that, you've got to be you've got to be ready, haven't you? You've got to come out all guns blazing. And I think you know we've we've been playing playoff rugby league for the last six or seven weeks mm-hmm. anyway. I think in all the matches we played in, uh, you go to the Cascade, blew them away early doors. You know, Saints at home, Huddersfield at home, the, the two Catalan games. We've, we've pummeled teams really. I mean, the only blot has been that that Leeds game, on it, where we, we we got beat there. But you know. Since then, I think the form's been been tremendous, and you know, coming out of Huddersfield, then I, I expected Huddersfield to be fired up. I thought they'd have a game plan. Me and Imogen turned up at the match, pretty nervous, and we we came out, and, and it was it was brilliant. It was absolutely outstanding. Again, Bird Bird scored from that set scrum, and things just got better and better, and and you just got like a massive smile on your face while the game's on. And I never never worried. As soon as we as soon as we scored that first try. You could just see the way the game was going to go. The, the lads just wanted it. They wanted everything, every little challenge. You've got like little battles all over the pitch between you know, a centre player against a centre, a winger against a winger, the halfback. And we won every single one. We were first to everything. And and that that if we can do that again this week, this Saturday, we can turn them over as well. I yeah. really believe it. I think it was remaining focused, uh, Parky. That was a different. I think Huddersfield kind of in that, sort of second half of the second half just lost the plot they just lost all patience Need wanted to score on every tackle and we just hoovered the ball up and, and we just sort of squeezed them to, to death after that Yeah it kind of in some ways and it, but in a very different way reminding me of the Catalan game at home where Catalan threw absolutely everything at us mm. um, and couldn't just couldn't cross, cross the whitewash and it, I think it knocked the stuffing out of them and then they started trying things that they didn't know, wouldn't have normally tried, gone away from maybe a system that they've got. Uh, I thought the way we controlled Theo Farge on, on Saturday was, was incredible. Every time he got the ball, it seemed like there was two or three men around him just cutting off everything, every option he had. They're a good team on the field. They've got a lot of really good players in there. But we, we were just, we snuffed out every bit of danger they had. They brought on uh, Price at half-time, who's a, you know, a fantastic young lad. Couldn't get in the game. He wouldn't have known he was there. Um, but just the control, like you say, of, of everything that we had. Um, when we had the ball, we looked composed. There was no panic. And then defensively, again, when, when we did go down to well, then that, that next set coming off our line, that was, I mean, that just showed the intent. They were, there were three or four men going in, knocking players over. And uh, it was just a brilliant all-round performance. And to nail somebody like Huddersfield in the playoffs on their own path, you know, this stage of the season is it's an incredible achievement and, and you know, massive credit to the whole the whole setup. So looking back at the tries, you know, oh really good tries. Like you said, the Joe Burgess one, the Brody Croft break for the Callum Watkins, a little little kick through by Mark Sneed for the Ryan Bradley effort and Andy Acker's going 70 metres and throwing the most outrageous dummy and Tuella here going for a hot dog. so uh, <laughs> for the finish the round. Oh. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about What, two and all are you going for? What, a not dog? Going for a dog, same for a not dog with that uh, dummy. Oh, right, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it was an outrageous dummy, <laughs> wasn't it? And we needed that, didn't we, at that, that stage in the game. I think it's always nice to finish off with a try. 
isn't it? And uh, we dominated that game so much. But just going back to what you were saying about the defence there, I mean, I thought the biggest cheer of the day came when we were down to 12 men and we defended that set after Ryan Brown. The, 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 sort of the crowd just lifted. It was like, it was amazing. It was the, the defence, I thought, they were like Trojans, weren't they? I mean, Jack Armand, when I watched the, the game back, he was like a man possessed. He's just running around making tackles, and you know the, the old lot of them. Really, I thought it was was it was an outstanding performance. But yeah, Andy Akers deserves all the accolades in the world because he's been brilliant. I think the second half of the season he's been better than the first for him. He's just got better and better each week. He's confident now. He's a player playing with lots and lots of confidence. He knows when to run, and I think that's down to the coaching as well. They've sort of had a word with him and, and said, you know, go for it, you know, and, and he has done and uh, dropped his shoulder there and went and yeah, chucked an outrageous dummy. But no, it was great to get over for that try and uh, to see that sort of sea of red behind the, the sticks. I think it's something that's going to live uh, long in my memory. That I thought was an amazing, amazing finish to the game. Yeah, talking about the the crowd parking, the atmosphere, unbelievable. I got in about forty five minutes before before kickoff, bit early for my for my liking with my son and that, but it was the atmosphere was 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 fizzing then. And as they got nearer to kick off, uh, the noise got louder and louder. The song got sort of more consistent, and you know, wonderful eighty minutes of, of constant songs and constant noise. A, f- a throwback, uh, I thought, to sort of early the early two thousands, but on a much larger scale. Yeah, and we we got there. We went on one of the uh, many coaches from the the dog and partridge, um, and you, you got a feeling then it was a bit carefree. A bit you usually you get nerves going to big games, and and everyone just seemed really relaxed. And then it, it, a lot of them went in the stadium. I stayed outside with my brother and his nephew and, and, and one of the one of my mates because um, they were uh, finishing off a beer like you do, and um, all of a sudden you could just feel this vibe coming from the the ground. We were away from it we were probably 500 yards away and then all of a sudden this, this song just struck up from nowhere and we all just stopped and looked and we just stared at the back of a stand we weren't you know we didn't look yeah. at anything but the noise from inside and i was like you know get a move on because i need to get in there it's unbelievable <laughs> as soon as you walked in I, I thought everyone must have already been in the stand but they weren't they were all still getting beers there was there was hundreds of, of people just milling about I thought, well, if this lot are out here, how many are in there? Mm. And then when I walked through, I was just like, wow, this is this is unbelievable. This is what we want every week. You know what I mean? And it, and and to be fair, this is this is what the team deserve right now, and the, the, the club is what they deserve every week. That kind of following, that kind of support, it was something special. And like like Paul said, and and you know yourself there, Robbie, something that will will stick with us. You know, like the the, the Wigan semi final a few years ago. Hopefully, like this Saturday. Moments in, like that in time, you just don't get. Mm. And I think there is something special about Salford fans when they get like that. I don't think other teams back their clubs in the way that we do. Uh, I don't know what it is. We we appear to be more of a. I don't want the bad element, but more of a football crowd. Mm. You know, and that's that's a, a, a thing you don't get with other clubs. Um, so no, it's brilliant atmosphere. Uh, just uh, and obviously the performance. I think I think it helps to have the you know the, that many fans behind us. It felt like a home game. Yeah, uh, I'm sure the players you know during warming up or, or whatever else, it, you know, must have felt it and it must have given them a, a, a you know a real lift. Yeah, and I think obviously what's happened with the Queen this week and everything's been quite solemn and, and reflective and everything's been quite subdued with it on the radio and on TV everything, but. 
that opportunity to get to the ground and, and let all that sort out, uh, I think Paul helped. I think it was sort of a mad moment where I think we, someone, we started singing a national anthem with about five minutes ago in that, in that first half. But there you go. Yeah, well, we just we, we set off really early. Imagine wanted to go early and have a bit of breakfast on the way. That's the earliest I've ever been to a game. We left the house about half past nine. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, we got to Huddersfield and we just nipped over the road for a, for a coffee and we was coming back to the ground. And there's like some houses off that Leeds Road, like a bit of an housing estate and then a bit of a bridge. And we was coming over that bridge and, I, and all of a sudden, like Park said, you could hear this, the singing start and it was like, wow. That's that's our supporters, and it was it was it was like going like Old Trafford, a main road or something, you know, years ago, and it was, and, and I just said to her, then I said, let's get in there as quick as we can, and and we did, and um, it was one of them. We went and sat down to the front because it was that busy. I said, we better go to the front because otherwise everyone's going to stand up. And I said, you won't be able to see. So we ended up going down to the front, and I sort of turned around, and you could just see all the faces of people you knew and you recognise and it was like it's like Parky just said they nailed it, it Solvent supporters to me are a different mentality they're a different breed uh, I don't disrespect any rugby league supporters but I heard what a few people said of Wigan and Saints I think when you've had the success they've had I think you do have a bit of a different mentality uh, I think for us it's a, it's a bit of a way of life really um, and I'm a bit it's funny this I've said it might have said it before I'm a bit worried really not worried but sort of scared about Saturday I'm scared about getting to the grand final because I think if we do win it, will my relationship with Salford change because we've won something and, and will it become like Man City where it was good when you were crap and you were getting beat all the time and you enjoyed it. Now you've won something, is it is it going to change? But I don't know. Of course I want us to win something, but it's I come home on Saturday and I'm in my house and I don't know what to do because I mean it just feels like an out-of-body experience because... <laughs> Not used to going to Huddersfield and winning 28 0 in the playoffs. I don't really. I just sort of floated home back down the M62 because I didn't know what was going on. But you, you two might better identify with that because when you've watched it over a while, you it's it's a bit weird, isn't it? I remember 2002 when we were relegated. Before then, yeah. I thought we were the best team in the country, and that <laughs> relegation, I had to change my mindset, thinking, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not even Super League now. And obviously, we're now on this this journey. Does will my mentality change if we if we actually win some? Don't know. My head will explode before that, Parker. I think <laughs> I think it'll be it'll be it'll be a moment because everything just come everything we've gone through, all the the ups and the downs, you know, the the million pound miracle, mm-hmm. all the you know the last minute winners, last minute losses, all will just come flooding back for that one magic moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I, you know, I was agreeing with what Paul was saying there. I think, I think something will would change if we won something major. And I was trying to, I was trying to work out then in my head what would it be if we won the Challenge Cup or if we won the league, which would have that that effect? Because the cup's the one thing we've always wanted. It's our, you know, it's a real enigma to us, isn't it? You know, we're going back to 1938, the last time we won it. You know, we, we just not our thing. We have won the league more previous than that, although. None of us are going to be remembering us lifting that trophy. But at the same point, it's, it's a strange relationship we have with the club. And I think it's that underdog thing that we love that makes us love the club like we do. And I think if we won the Challenge Cup, that magic, that mystique of the Cup would go away. Because we'd mm. say, you know, we, we've won that. But it'd still be, yeah, but we've won the Cup once. It's not... You win the you win the Super League. We win the league this year. 
That's a massive thing. That's that's a whole, over a whole season. We have then been the best team. That means we're the best team in the league. Not a one-off cup win. It is a different relationship. It means that next year we have to compete again. Yeah. We can't do what we did 2019 to 2020 or 20. What you know, we've got to be. The big boys again, then, and that's that's when it becomes a little bit difficult, a little bit different for us. But uh, I won't mind giving it a go, by the way. So you know, don't think the players are listening. Don't you know? Don't take your foot off. <laughs> don't don't take your foot off the gas, basically. Well, I see. That's it. It's playoff rugby, uh, Paul, and it and it's and they've been on this this kind of like sort of level performance, really at a high level. Because I think in 2019 we were just we were rising, weren't we? And every week we say, "Have we got another level to go?" But this team, we're not having to ask that question because we're already at a, at a high level. Can we go another level to beat St. Helens on on Saturday? Because Saints are a, a top top team, and we're in their own backyard. Will we need to go up a gear to what we're experiencing now to turn them over? And that, that's the that's the big question, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's the question I ask myself every week, or I've been asking myself for the last two months. I go to the match every week and think, right, is this going to be the week where it all comes crashing down? And they surprise me. They just just come out every week and blow teams away, like the Cass game, the 50 points. I mean, where did that come from, really? I mean, we should have probably won a close game there, but then you've got Huddersfield and win 28 nil. you got a Catalan and get 40 points. The, and the, the Saints at home game, the, you've just beat there the two grand finalists from last year. You've not just beat them, you've absolutely wiped the floor with them. So, we're, you know, out of all the teams in the league, a lot of the games are close at the moment. I watched the Huddersfield game and they played Wakefield and I watched that game by like the highlights and I thought, we can beat them because they, they've, just, they've just edged it. But we'd have played Wakefield and we got 40, 50 points. So, in a way, I'm not really that worried about St. Helens because, do you know what? I've got to St. Helens like you have for years thinking, God, we've got to play well to win here. Today. <laughs> play well to compete to keep the score down. I'm going to that game to, this weekend thinking, Say they've got to play well to beat us. They're going to have to play well to beat us because we're playing so well. I think we can dictate the game. We can take the game away from them. So I think they, they need to be more worried about us. And I've noticed on, on like social media and that their supporters are laughing a bit, really, you know, going about injuries and they're sitting there. And I'm thinking, you're scared of Salford. You're scared of us. You've got the cartel of Leeds, Wigan and Saints in this last four and then Salford. And... Them three teams are scared of us. We're dangerous because we, we've not we're not got, got all the money they've got, but we are we are the danger men. We can take it all away from a lot of them, and they know that. And there's nothing they can do. We're coming for them. We are. We're coming for, <laughs> we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've read I've read that on on Twitter as well. The Saints fans all sold for the favourites. I was like. I've just walked in some kind of parallel universe here, Parky, where we're like the best team in all the land and we're going to go and steamroll Saints. And it kind of worries me when, if a parallel universe collides with a universe, you know, we could, you could cause trouble. <laughs> you know, I mean, thinking back, you know, we're looking at, what was it, 1980, the last time we yeah. won. We beat Saints in St. I mean, it's, it's just not a place we go and win, is it? You know, it's, it's a bit like Headingley has been for, for many years. It's a bit of a graveyard for us. Even that alone, the weight of history on that, on that, it, it would make Saints favourite. Never mind anything else. I, I don't buy into any of that. I don't buy into half the injury stories, by the way. I've heard it all before. I think somebody may mentioned on Twitter the other day, it may have been Roy Ellaby. I'm it not was. sure. 
somebody said about back in 80, 87, 88 when we played Wigan, the semi-final of the uh, Challenge Cup at, at Bolton. And all week they were telling us that Andy Gregory wasn't playing, Sean Edwards had flu, Ellery Hanley couldn't play. Turned upon the day, we were the ones with players missing. You know, they were at full strength, the, the mighty Wigan at the time. And you just don't buy into this nonsense. Yes, they have got players missing. We know they have. That's, that's you know, without saying. But I think there is there is a little bit of worry. I think the other worry for them is that they're going to get beaten off. The small club, out of the, if they get beat off Wigan, if they get beat off Leeds, people go, well, yeah, that could happen. You don't get beat off Dolphin in the semi-final. I think that's what they're worried about. That's that's all to look forward to now, isn't it? And, it's, and that atmosphere and everything of getting... You know, getting butterflies now, but just just going back to the, the Huddersfield game, if we perform like that again, we get to that level. We're talking about levels. If we just get back to that level. We can win that game. No, no problem. I've, I've got no no worries about it. Uh, as some of the individual performances, once again, and it doesn't seem. I know we've mentioned Brody Croft every week, but. For the last few weeks, every week, a different player seems to have come forward and done something different and really stood out. And, you know, not been about two or three players like it was in 2019 a lot. I mean, it was all about Jacko. We know that. You know, we had players around him, but it was about him. This year, it's not. I mean, on, on Saturday, I thought my aid was absolutely outstanding. Uh, probably the best game in a Salfordshire. And he's been playing well. He controlled everything. You know, and, and he didn't have his half-back partner for that second half. He didn't get him anyway. And um, we mentioned that the Akers, who absolutely phenomenal. That form, sorry. So, the week before, it was the likes of Tim Laffey doing it. You know, it, it, it's Brian Britton. That's what we've got now. Can watch one or two Salford players. You've got to watch them all. And I think, um, I think that puts in really good stead and makes it a very, very for this. Paul, you spoke to Kurt Agatha uh, after the game. This is what he had to say. Coach's corner. Right, I'm delighted to say Salford assistant Kurt Agatha is with me. Kurt, have you sort of come down after that yet? I mean, it was, a, it was quite a win. We were expecting a close game, but that was tremendous. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was. I thought it was a fantastic defensive supply. Never mind the the offense. Everybody keeps talking about us, but I thought our deal was incredible from from the middles working hard to all edges, getting up nice and high, cutting off other players' plays, and they're a team who complete a lot. So for us to actually perform errors against others, which is which is great for our deal. I mean territory and, and possession. I mean, I've not seen the stats yet, but Huddersfield had an awful amount of ball, didn't I think that second half, it was set after set, a lot of dropouts. You just seem to sort of extinguish everything through it, yeah? Yeah, so Huddersfield's big thing is to build a lot of pressure and they try and break you down slowly, which they're very, very good at. And I just thought we dealt with the tough periods of the game really, really well. We dug in for each other when you need to against a good team. And we got our rewards in the end. A lot of people have been saying about the, the tries and the flair that you play with. I mean, today that, that victory was built on defence and grit and determination. Well, there were some good tries as well, but your defence today was top notch. Yeah, so it's, well, every week we have a game plan that we're going with it. We execute it for, I would say, last part of the game, but not as much as we would like to, but we still come away with, with the points that we needed. But again, it was all built on our day today. Playoff rugby isn't about how pretty it is. Just listen to Paul Rowe in the press conference. He said you've been playing playoff rugby league for what six or seven weeks now. Mm-hmm. It does seem like that in your performances. The confidence just seems like to be flowing through the players. Absolutely, yeah. if we, if we wouldn't have had that mindset, we may have not made it into the six. So we had to play 
a way that we could make sure that when we're already playing player for us as soon as we get in there, there's no shock to us. So then you, you you start looking at the calibre of player that we have got, who've played in big games, so it just all kind of fell into place. Did you come here today with no fear? Absolutely. They're a good team, that's all we, we, you know, there was no fear of coming to Huddersfield. We, we back ourselves everywhere we go. Do you think that result today, I mean, people have said it all the season, that people are sitting up and taking note now, but to come away from home and nil a side as good as Huddersfield, that must sort of send shockwaves through the, through the rugby league in this country. Well, yeah, because it changes what people are saying about Salford. It's at the moment now talk about how good Salford's offence is. Now people talk about resilience and the defensive structure they put in play is really, really good. So they're not just talking about the pretty stuff that we do they talk about the tough, tough side that we do which has been questioned at times this year St Helens now in the, in the semi-final Salford haven't won at St Helens since 1980 January 90 so it's four, I was going to say that in the press conference but I didn't want to put it down on it so it's 42 years so to get to the grand final you have to create a little bit of history next week and, and, and win there but, you know you absolutely battered St Helens at Salford but it's a different mindset going to uh, to the, is it the Totally Wicked Stadium? Yeah, it's it's yeah. a tough place to go. They're a good home side, aren't they? Oh, well, they're a fantastic team. They're searching their own little bit of history, aren't they? In the, trying to get the four grand finals. So for us, no, nothing will change for us. We'll go to Saints as underdogs. We'll go and play our style the rugby and defence off. And, you know, it's going to need a lot of luck, but hopefully we'll come away with a win. A bit of a blow today. I mean, Ryan Briley got simbinned. You had to do it tough there mm. with, with 12 men. That, that was the defence I thought was really dug in. I think there was a set after after he'd gone off, and it was the biggest roar of the day, the day from the supporters, yeah. keeping Huddersfield out. Yeah, yeah. Again, I thought the middles in that period of the game really worked hard for us, but I probably want to give a big rap to Chris Atkin. So Chris Atkin comes off the bench, goes to full back, then goes to loose forward, then goes back to half back. You just stole my thunder there. I was just going to rap yeah. Chris. He's been uh, he's been incredible anywhere we put him. He's tough, he's resilient, very talented. So. Chris is a big part of everything that's if it's not quite going our way and we just we're lucky we've got a squad where we can put people anywhere who fit into a system and Chris is fantastic for that. You Paul and Danny are have got a big decision to make next week over your half it's looking like it. Mm. Brody Croft went off, didn't play that second half, but you adapted so well. I mean a lot of teams could have gone into the shell there, but you carried on. As you said, the valuableness of Chris Atkin, if that's a word valuableness. He was he he'd never let Salford down, does he? No, he's a very, very good player. Is it just the Do you think he's an underrated player, Chris Absolutely. Yeah. Chris Atkins has been fantastic since the first day me and Paul walked in here. He's professional, he's tough, he's committed. We'll look at the size and we'll put him at 13, loose forward. Mm. So is he, yeah, yeah, I can't speak hard enough for Chris. He's fantastic for us. So a big week this week now. Is it a day off for the, for the players now and, and a bit of rest and recuperation before you get back into training for Saints? Yeah, we'll probably we'll probably hit the ground running hard probably around Tuesday when we get him in Monday. But Tuesday where we, we formulate our game plan and then we'll go from there with it. How much are you enjoying this season, Kurt? Obviously, you're, you're, you're number two. You've coached in Super League before with Lee. How much are you enjoying this? Because I suppose pressure's on you, but pressure's on Paul as well because he's, he's the head coach. But yeah. like Paul says in the press conference, he always involves you. He brings you in as a team. You've got a great working relationship with Paul, haven't you? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I've known Paul a long, long time. And obviously, I've worked with him at previous clubs. As I said, I was, I was, I was in Super League, fortunately, last year. And I was, was offered another job to keep going at Lee. But I had the opportunity to come in with Paul, knowing how Paul would would uh, work with me and let me do my own thing here so especially blending my style with Paul's style which has really really worked for us so yeah I can't I can't, I can't praise Paul highly enough for the way he's let me do my business with Sultan. Do you feel a part of Sultan now because I know the supporters took a bit of a shine to you as well you always seem to have a smile on your face how good was it when you saw those supporters celebrating after the game you must be absolutely buzzing. Oh god but I still come out and do some of the warm up so yeah. I with the warm up and today was just like inspiring thing it was incredible I hope they've talked to me <laughs> I hope so but no yeah they, they're incredible yeah they're great. This, this Certainly have, mate. You enjoy this week. Good luck against St. Helens next week, mate. Thanks, Thanks for speaking mate. to us. Thank you.
So, Kurt Agate, uh, pleased with the result? Yeah, he was. He's a nice fella, Kurt Agate. He's, he's very quiet, really quietly spoken. I mean, that interview sounded like we was at a funeral, didn't it? Because we were both like really quiet, but we were in a <laughs> corridor and Paul Rowley was around the corner talking to Trevor Hunt. So I didn't want to like shout or anything, but no, and you know, a bit of history, Kurt Agate's dad, Roy, his late father, Roy, played uh, in 1980 in the game Salford won. He was on the bench for Saints, so there's a bit of history for you. And um, Yeah, so I think he's done a good job. I think he's 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 got a great partnership and a great understanding with Paul Rowley. Paul brings him to all the press conferences. He sits with him, and you know he's very much um, he's very humble. I think Paul Rowley. He doesn't take all the lime like he likes to to share it out and and, and say yeah, you know Kurt's doing a, a, a good job and brings players into the press conference. Well, and I think there's not many other coaches who do that. You know, he, he really does like to, you know, give him a good mention. He mentions Danny Orr as well, and you know I think Kurt's been been great this season for us. I think the players have. I took to him and uh, and yeah, it was good to good to chat to him after the game. I'm just gutted I didn't see Ian Watson's press conference because I was, I was open to see Ian Watson because he, he did say hi to me when he walked past, but I couldn't go to his press conference because because um, Paul Rowley was on first. So I would have liked to have heard what he had to say, but I listened to his interview after the game and he was uh, quite complimentary to us actually, wasn't he? So uh, I think he knew that it was a good win for Salford. Yeah, talks about the good defence. Talks about the edges working hard. Talks about going into the game with no fear. Paul, and that's what it was. That's what it was. There was no fear, and the result was done. Yeah, and I think that's how you've got to provoke, approach this Saturday. You've got to go into the game without any fear. And like Parky said there about the threats, I think this season, obviously, Brody Croft's going to be a big miss for Salford at the weekend. But if you presume Chris Atkins going to step in, I think you've got a player there who is, you know, a model professional, fantastic player, fantastic attitude, and I think he'll do the business. But we've got. If you're Christian uh, Wolf now, I think you look at Salford and think, what, what, who do we mark here? Who do, who do we go for? Who do we concentrate on? Because Tim LaFay's good, that Dion Cross is all right. Chris Atkin, Ryan Bryler, Callum Watkins gets the ball out. Who do you, who do you target? Because they've got, it's, it's where, where are the points going to come from? Mark Sneed as well. You know, the way, he, like Parky said, I can't agree anymore with Parky. I thought Mark Sneed directed the team. Manage the game. As soon as he kicked that penalty goal, the other doors, you knew how that game was going to go. He was going to manage it superbly, and he did. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Parky, like we've just touched on, Brody Croft failed a head test and was unavailable against the Sailors. But, you know, what another great performance it was for him in that first half. As a player, he's been, he's been nothing short of sensational. And he'll be massively missed. I don't think it had mattered who he brought in. You know, and Chris Atkin he's, has never let us down, ever. In all the time he's been with us, like Paul's just said there, he's a model pro. Uh, and he'll, he'll, he'll won't let us down. He'll, he'll, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he could pick up Man of the Match, someone like Chris Atkin, because he's got that about him. We saw it at Cassie the other week when he made made that little break and sent Cal Watkins in. And definitely got that. But Brody, I think it's not just what he's brought on the pitch. What he's brought off it as well. His professionalism, you know, his commitment to the cause. And he, he has got a point to prove. Maybe maybe to himself, if not to the people in the NRL. He's, he's done that. Fingers crossed he comes out as Man of Steel. He certainly should be because he's been, been phenomenal. But at some point this season, I mean, we've been very lucky with, with, with the injury that he hasn't had any. At some point, you're always going to have to live without a player like that. And 
It's SDX coming in the, in the biggest game so far, but shouldn't change anything. Won't change the way that Paul Paul Rowley sets us up. Won't, won't change the way we play. Uh, and I just think, I think with the confidence going through the team, I think you could probably put me in that standoff this week, and and the players would still do exactly what they have been doing, and they'll, they'll make the runs off off whoever's there. They'll you know. It, I'm full of confidence for him. I really am. And I don't think Saints are going to enjoy it. Just to remind everyone that Paul Parkin, as a junior, didn't lose a game for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Paul Rowley, you know, get on the phone. Parkin's your man. Um, talking about the stats, Paul. Top tacklers, Hawkins 44, Andy Akers 32, Shane Wright 46, Elijah Taylor 49 and Alex Gerard 36. Ton of work there for the forwards. Oh, I thought Elijah Taylor was outstanding. He seemed to tackle everything that moved. When I spoke to him a few weeks ago, he didn't um, know whether he was going to be here next season. So we've not heard much have we recently about him staying. But I try and keep him just for his leadership skills and, and what he brings to the side. You know, his work rate is phenomenal. I think Shane Wright as well coming back to the team has given us a massive boost. He's come back at just the right time. Him and King coming back in. I think we're right as well. He's experienced as an NRL player. He's got a big game experience. He knows the he knows the game. He's not daft. I think he's given a real boost there. And King is going forward as well. I think Gerard has probably for me been one of the signings of the season. He's I can't remember when he made his debut. He didn't start the season, was he? He came in after a few weeks or so, didn't he? But what he brings to the side is aggressive. Um, he's always looking to offload the ball. That's what I thought early in the game on Saturday. Like said Tyler Dupree. Everyone wanted to promote and move the ball. Nobody was dying with the ball. It was just going out all the time. And, and teams really find that difficult to deal with. And, it was. Uh, yeah, the, the work rate of the forwards was outstanding. Yeah, looking at the, the meat makers, Alex Gerrard, 98. Shane Wright, 99. Andy Akers, 177. Brodie Croft, 93. Tim Lafayette. Tim Lafay, 124, and Joe Burgess, 109. Parker, I always say, if you get five or six over 100, you're going over the, going the right way. Yeah, he's he's generally the forwards that I would I, I would label that. At. They're they're the ones that have got to make the meters. Your backs get a little bit more freedom at times. Maybe not in the centres like Tim Lafay, but you know your fullback and wingers get the ball generally from a kick and they get 10, 15 free meters anyway. But that them forwards, I mean Andy Acker's Absolutely unbelievable again. If he's not in this England squad coming up for the World Cup, then there's something wrong in our game because I've not seen anybody better than him this year. Certainly, it's back end of the season. It's been phenomenal. Well, yeah, you mentioned Alex Gerard there. Brilliant. I thought Tyler Dupree again works his socks off. He got a knock in the first half, but he came back on and was just as solid. Um, uh, I'm surprised Carl Watkins hasn't shown up in them meters because he, he's just everywhere again. He's I mean, they singled him out on the coverage, didn't they? I know I've, I've only seen he, the Sky coverage of it, but about he's, you know, he's a world-class centre, built like a second row, playing in the second row. He's just such a handful, but you could put him anywhere. He's just a natural athlete. He was making big metres again and putting in some big shots. And it, it just gets up and gets on. You know, there's no... never seen it holding his leg or, old, you know, bear in mind the injury he did have. Uh, but no, then forwards, Paul was right with Shane Wright. Absolutely spot on. Uh, since he's come back, he's made a massive difference to the pack. He's one of those players that reminds me of a bit of maybe a Mark uh, Shipway or that kind of character. But just does the dirty work. 
gets stuck in. He, he's never going to get the glamour. He's not, you know, but he, he's everywhere. He's in every tackle and he hits hard. He hits really hard. And him and Elijah Taylor in the back row, it gives you that freedom to have a Callum Watkins to go and just play with a bit more freedom. Um, it, yeah, it's been brilliant since they've come back. And then Big King, I mean, he just makes me smile. He's one of them players, again, going back to players of the past, he reminds me of like a, a Phil Lulu-like character. He always seems to be smiling, you know what I mean? He, he loves the game. And, um, no, it's just, just great to see that our forwards are having such a massive impact because, as we know, early in the season, that wasn't the case. And that's why the likes of Andy Akers have come on so much because they created the freedom, created up that, opened up that space for him to run the next 10 metres in. Um, so, no, just a brilliant all-round performance. The stats are obviously great to read, but you only have to see what you see with your own eyes to realise how good we really are. Yeah. So, big thanks for your three-word match reports and matter matches. Uh, Chairman Bob, excellent game management. Andy Ackers, Paul Burnett, Ian Watson crying. Ha-ha. Chris Fisher, defence was brilliant. Ackers, Marissa Chaplin. Who are we? Taylor, Mike. Pevet, boom, 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 Andy Ackers, Soul 67, superb, Ackers, Eric Rawlinson, simply the best, Taylor, Paul Hardman, effort deserves success, Taylor, Graham Lee, awesome team performance, uh, Ernie, one to remember, Ackers, Natalie Taylor, superb defensive effort, Sneed, Stephen Clark with a cheeky laughing face Stuart Smart what performance Ackers Steve Bennett great defensive effort Sneed Colin Reynolds defence wins matches Ackers Dave Parkin away fan support Armand Royd Richard Martin superb impregnable defence Ackers John Atherton superb 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 Affers Jimmy Unsworth Minerals and Blackbone uh, Paul obviously uh, yeah loads of Minerals and lots of Blackbone Oh, so I'm still going about that, are we? Let me know. Yeah, best thing you ever said, that John Wilkin. No, no I, I don't know. It's given us good motivation in the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nicholas Fletcher, absolutely flipping superb. Taylor, Johnny Crowther, Minerals Not Half, Supkins, Watson, Not Happy, Taylor. James Hodgson, very quiet. Cowbell, Sneed, OSF, didn't hear the cowbell. Craig, outstanding defensive unit. Mike Murphy, came, saw, conquered team. Colin Wilson, pride, passion, commitment. Taylor. Patrick Conley, what a performance, Taylor. Tom Young, keep on dreaming. Andy Ackers, Mark, robust defensive effort, Taylor. OSF, top-notch defence, Taylor. Salford Red, it's happening. Ackers, Lucas Bradshaw, no Brodie Croft, which is a shame. Andy Ackers, Andy Lancashire, incredible term of defence. Andy Ackers, Matt Carr, never in doubt, Sneed. Chris Malone, defensively flawless. Uh, Jim, champions elect, Ackers. Gary, we all fan. Fan Dabby Dozy, Ackers. So, Parker, yeah, the uh, the Twitter arty are in a uh, joyous mood. Yeah, and once again this week, it's not. There's no outright right sort of winner there, is he? Of of of, of any man of the match, sort of poll, if you like. There's so many players get mentioned, and so many that that could have been that weren't. That did, you know, like we mentioned, Shane Wright. It does that work that that people don't generally get to see. But it's just great to see everybody just just loving it. The last the last couple of months have been have been something special, haven't they? It, we we we've been on this podcast for for a while and. And the amount of times we've had to discuss a poor, a poor performance and try and put a bit of gloss on it or, 
you know, try and be light or something. At the moment, to stop smiling. You know, what, what are we watching? This is what Saints fans have been treated to for 10, 15, 20 years. You know, the Wigan fans, when I was growing up, were, I mean, they didn't smile very often, despite winning absolutely everything. Um, but this is, this, is, this is unbelievable. We don't need to be aware of these comments coming in from, from the man of the match, you know, and the, the match reports. Um, everybody's just absolutely buzzing. So, you know, let's hope it can continue for a couple more weeks. And then we can all have a winter off and, you know, celebrate. We'll go again then in February in the World Championships. <laughs> he says. <laughs> so that's a look back at the, at the win. And now we'll see uh, what's happening in the world of uh, Sofred Devils. So we'll start with the big news. 3,000 tickets shifted at Parker. For the big game on Saturday, tremendous support. It's going to be another noisy one. Yes, yeah, I, I, I think it probably will. Yeah, it'd be nice to have Terry's full. It's, uh, it's, you know, we, we, we generally struggle off a couple of steps, but no, absolutely brilliant. I know the, the club must be buzzing. The players will be be loving it, um, and it's great. I, I love it. The more the merrier for me. I've got no, no problem about that. And I dare say there'll be people. Already planning on going. Who haven't been to the stadium to buy tickets? There'll be people we won't know about who are going. So I could see being chaos on the night. So I'd get there early uh, <laughs> just to secure your spot on that terrace. Um, but yeah, just uh, brilliant numbers. I think we'll we'll have more at Saints than we had at Uddersfield, and that was enough. So uh, yeah, it'll be noisy. The, the atmosphere will be electric. It will because Saints fans they make a noise as well. You know they're generally. Up for, a, up for a song and a bit of banter. So, um, yeah, it could be, could be a good night, a really good night on the terraces. Um, and, if the, you know, the game's as good as they have been recently. And it's exciting as maybe the one that we had earlier this year down there where they just picked us. You know, what, what a night it could be, or afternoon, rather. Yeah, 3,900 capacity in our stand, Paul. I think it's obviously important, obviously, if there's, fan, there's fans going to this who might not necessarily be seeing ticket orders or people who go every week, and if you're buying 25 tickets, let's say, I think it's important that somehow you c- can collect your new supporter data and give that to the club so they can build their database. I think it's really important. Obviously, we're getting into talking about possibly grand final appearance and massive queues and, and obviously not able to sort of collect them uh, potential new fans data so we can sort of spam them with offers next season or whatever so I think it's up to us fans if you're part of that process and you're purchasing 30 tickets for 30 people take upon yourself to get a postcode get a first line and, and just hand it to the club and say add that to your database Yeah, yeah I think you're right you broke up a bit there Rob so I missed a bit of that but yeah I, I think so yeah and um, let's hope people stay involved and you know, solvers for life, isn't it? Just a playoff run. So, I mean, I always think that. I mean, you've, you've got to take the good times. No, it's true. You've got to take the good times, the bad times, for them. You know, you know, this might not last forever. So, um, you know, let's just just stick with them. But, but yeah, if you if you if you get a load of tickets on that, yeah, just perhaps just pass your your email addresses onto the club. I don't know how all that works with like data protection, and all this sort of stuff, mm. but. I'm pretty sure you, you you can do in that, but I just hope if we do get to the grand final, it's not me being me being a moaner, but I hope sort of season ticket holders get a bit of a 
get the first shout because uh, not that I'm saying more important than other people, but I don't think you should be pushed to the back of the queue if you're a season ticket holder because you put your money where your mouth is every season, don't you? But um, but no, the more people that go, the better. I think it'd be great. I mean, like you two, I've been to Knowsley Road when Salford played there and that cow shed behind the goal and there's probably been about 100 of us there and we've been, we've just been going. I've got my dad and we used to park up in them streets and used to think, God, if we can keep it under 30 tonight, we've done well. You used yeah. to say stuff like that and it's like, blimey, now we're actually going somewhere to, to get to a to a grand final. So, you know, it, it, it changes. Don't it? And I, I've seen Saints supporters having a pop at us saying, oh, you're coming out of the woodwork and that. And I think to myself, right, if, you, if you're a Saints fan now, right, if you said to a Saints supporter, right, I want you to wait 46 years now after this season and keep going to Saints every week and you're not going to win a trophy now for 46 years, how many of them do you think you keep the faith and keep going? Not many, I'm telling you. So, so no, don't have a go at the Salford supporters. I think we've been through enough hardship over the years and I think we're going to enjoy Saturday and, uh, and see where it takes us. It's going to be fantastic, obviously. Hopefully, a couple more days of of, season, of uh, ticket selling. We could we could be, you know, moving to another stand, possibly Parky. You don't know. Yeah, it's every possibility. Obviously, seats because people will be requesting seat tickets anyway. Mm. You know, for some people, you know, they, they have they need to sit down at a game. You, you can't expect everybody to be in, you know, the, the great physical shape and be able to stand up for eighteen minutes plus every week. It's, it's just not going to happen. So. I dare say we've already sold quite a few seated tickets. That doesn't, you know, that there the, the will still be a little bit of space on the terrace as, as it is at the moment. But yeah, I think they will. I think they'll have to open it up. And I think people may be planning on travelling up on the day, just just going and, and trying to get in. And, you know, I hope they make provisions for that just in case. Because um, I think they might get caught out by how many soft but they might just turn off. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Other bits of news. Mark Sneed broke two club records this week. Uh, Paul, most points in a season, 224, and most goals kicked. Is that a Super League record, Rob? Um, I think so. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a bit behind the David Watkins' record, I think, isn't it? but they played a lot more games, didn't they, back then? So, uh, so yeah, but no, phenomenal. I mean, I track him every week at League Express because they have the leading scorers in there, don't they? And they've uh, been keeping me on that, been keeping me on the Albert Goldfarb table, hoping Brody Croft gets the points every week, which he did do, which was, was, was marvellous. And you've got Paul Rowley now, who's up for Coach of the Year. You've got Brody Croft, who's up for Man of Steel. It's, uh, you know, I mean, Ken Seal's not that. Far behind, well, he's dropped behind Bevan French, hasn't he, in the golden golden boot like the try scoring, but he's not a million miles behind. So it's been it's been great. I mean, when have we ever had three players in a dream team and, and things like that? It's been it's been outstanding, you know, the individual performances. And like you said before, it's not just been about one or two players, it's like spread throughout the throughout the whole team, isn't it? So uh, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been great. Been absolutely great. Yeah. Uh- Parker, the Salford Devils ladies scrum half Demi Jones kicked a goal and amassed 200 points this season. 19 appearances, 9 tries, 89 goals, 202 points. Uh, another wonderful goal kicker. Yeah, yeah. I think we mentioned the other night on our little pop up uh, musical interlude <laughs> about Demi. You know, it's funny how she's a, a half back like Mark. She kicked goals like Mark's Nadies. She, she's had a phenomenal season. What you know, witnesses lost was obviously our, our game, uh, but that's some record that in, in you know such a few what nineteen games did you say? Yeah, nineteen. I mean, that's some effort. That, but she did have a lot of kicking practice at times because them girls have scored some tries this year. So, 
Um, yeah, she's you know, I think I think we're lucky all round to have to have the girls around her that can score that many tries and, and someone to convert that many. No, great, a great achievement. I just want to say, by the way, the, the one award that nobody gets, there's never been in, uh, brought up yet, is uh, is chairman of the year. I, I think there's only one winner of that. A man who who must pull his hair out every single week, every month. You know, looking at his wage bill, going, I've got to make three thousand fans on that terrace cover this bill. Um, how you know how he does it? I don't know. Paul King's been an absolute revelation, hasn't he? And you know, he's he's, he's the head of this organisation, and the feel good factor and everything else comes comes from the top. It always has to. Uh, so you know, I just wanted to give Paul a bit of a wrap there, and, and obviously Bleasy behind him and everybody else, because from top to bottom, we you know we're getting there. We haven't got enough money to do it yet, but we're getting there. That's what it's all about. It's about building a, a structure and uh, success will come. And that's what, what Paul King has done. He's, he's, he's put He's got the right people in the right places, I think, now. And it's only going to help the club going forward. Success on the field speeds up that process. But going in the right direction, we're going at speed uh, at the moment. Talking about going in the right direction, uh, PDRL team are looking for players. They've had a really good season. Paul in the different festivals. And now they're looking for players to come in and uh, boost the numbers and hopefully... Another successful season in 2023. Yeah, they've had a terrific season, haven't they? And uh, no, the, the enthusiasm that they play with, and you know, the, the, another another string to the feel good factor, really, isn't it? You know, it's been great, and I think now with the success of it, you know, one expansion and, and more players to come and join in. So I think it's been it's been great. It has been a season of good news. Every single week, there's been something good happening at the club, and. We can't mention the feel-good factor enough. I mean, you've just mentioned Paul King there, like uh, Parky. I think, yeah, he deserves a, an awful lot of credit, really. I know he's quite an humble sort of bloke, and, and so is Bleasy as well. And, and and they do, I mean, yeah, they, they'd probably bite your hand off for a bit of cash and that, wouldn't they? But we've not really got loads of cash. But perhaps sometimes in sport, you don't need, always need vast amounts of money to make things work. You just cut your cloth accordingly, don't you? And you know, you, you live, it's a bit like us in life, isn't it? If you've not got loads of money from your job, you, you just get by, don't you? And, and, and make the best of things and put a smile on your face and don't all just be happy about things. And that's what everybody seems to be like at the club at the moment. The players seem happy. You speak to them, we've got a, a team of characters and Paul King's a character, Bleasy, the supporters, everybody's everybody's doing really well, I think. And it's been a, been a great news story and a great season. Yeah, if you want to get involved in the PDRL team, contact Craig.Fisher at SalfordCC.ac.uk and he will organise that uh, for you. Talk about other things that's happening at Park here. The, the business event, uh, which the club are promoting, uh, is on the 16th of September, end of the week. Opportunity for businesses to come together, network, and uh, hopefully help the club too. Yeah, is it uh, Club 13? That's the one. It's. You know these these kind of things are, are massive because it's it's introducing people to to each other to businesses that they may not you know get to communicate with or you know pick up ideas from, but also they get to see what it's like at a professional sports club and how that's run. And hopefully, these companies coming together who may not initially have an interest in in rugby league or anything. They think, I want to be part of this. I like this. And obviously, the more success you get on the pitch, and like we've just mentioned there about all the other teams, you know, and the success we're having there, people want to get involved and they want to be associated with success. And hopefully events like this, 
you know, can rub off. And, and even if only one or two sponsors stick around from it, exactly. And again, we're going back to that, you know, that, that horrible word is money, but without it, we're probably, you know, we're, we're in trouble. So, it, yeah, it's a good way of introducing each other, but also trying to get somebody more attractive to the game, knows where it goes from there. Yeah, uh, other events that are happening, the Salford Red Devils Foundation hosted their first schools tournament uh, for the year, and all the schools have just gone back. Uh, the co-op Swinton, uh, they had a, a rugby festival for years 10 and years 11. It's great. They're back in the community, uh, spreading the, the gospel of uh, rugby and uh, Salford Devils, Paul. Yeah, it's great at the back at school as well, mate. Six weeks, <laughs> six weeks is too long, isn't it? <laughs> Not my missus will say that to you. But no, it is great. I mean... You've just got to look at the um, the things at the moment at the club. Look at those lads that made the debuts the other week. I know they're not all sort of school age, but um, you know we've got some youngsters in that reserve set up now. And if you can get some 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 school kids around the area playing the game as well, and all get that pathway created, get people involved in the sport, get people loving and watching Salford. I think it's tremendous because how many schools are in the, the local area? There's loads, isn't there? So uh, so yeah, good to see that and keeping them busy as well and uh, spreading the gospel of rugby league, as you said. Yeah, I want to say a big thanks to everyone who's donated uh, to us through the Colfe to keep us uh, broadcasting all the subscriptions and, and things like that. So it's a fantastic thing you're doing for, for us. And finally, Parky, let's talk about our uh, pop-up podcast that we recorded earlier in the week. All your Salford bangers uh, getting in the mood for the big game on Saturday. Yeah, so absolute classics. Brilliant. I listened to it back the other night. I don't... I, I very, 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 I shouldn't really tell you this, but I very, very rarely listen to our podcast. Oh, all right, okay. <laughs> because uh, I, I can't stand the, the sound of my own voice, even though people listening probably can't believe that because uh, I never shut up. Um, but <laughs> you, you know, I, I find it a bit vain more than anything. So, uh, But that I had to, and I was listening to the, to, to the music, and I know certain ones were kind of pre, pre-agreed, but mm. you, you threw a few bangers in there and I was... I was smiling. It did get me in the mood. It really did. It, there's some belters on there relating to players in the past and obviously ones in the future. And yeah, I mean, you think back to, to some of the songs and we used to sing them on the terrace and, and they seem to have vanished. And then all of a sudden you, you're listening to them back going, oh, do you remember that? And, uh, but no, it was good. It was good to do. It was good fun. And it's, uh, you know, if anyone's not listened to it yet, you know, just, just give it a whirl. You'll end up singing two or three of them. They'll get stuck in your head. Believe me, but what else are you going to be doing this week? You might as well. Yeah, it was a bit different, Paul. Obviously, with uh, with this podcast, this is where we do our talking. But we do like to throw uh, the odd banger out when we get a special occasion of the semi-finals and cup finals, like Parky said, to get everyone in that cup fever mood. They do get in your head. I tell you what, song's got in my head, and I've been singing it at work and tapping boiler cases and that all week. That. Salford, get back to oh. <laughs> That's the most annoying song going, but I've been whistling it going into that, going for my dinner and that, and you just find yourself oh, I'm in the stupid song that it is, and our Imogen's been singing it, and it, it's got swear in it as well, and she's been coming to the game, and I think I can't repeat the words on there, but she's picking up, she's picking up that swear yes, word, yeah. and, and, and she, she seems to think because it's a rugby. I can get away with it. So it was coming home in the van the other day, she's singing and going, I said, you can't, when you go home to your mum, you can't be saying this sort of stuff. <laughs> Between me and you in the van, yeah, we're all right. But as soon as we get home, I can uh, get it all. So, 
But yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I'll give I'll give that I'll give that a listen, lads. I've not listened to that yet, but I'll uh, I'll put that on in, in my van tomorrow. I'll listen to that while I'm floating about. Yeah, you find uh, Paul when you when you go with go with kids, um, sort of reactions. I remember on on Saturday, I think I think the referee failed to to give a give a penalty or something, and I was like, oh, dude, I don't believe that. And I, I looked I looked to the left hand side, and Rory was like. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> just didn't, didn't register it, but it was yeah. You, you have to kind of watch yourself around around the kids sometimes. Like sponges, aren't they? Just take it, take yeah. it all in every 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 word of every every syllable of every word. Yeah, and I know when um, when Ryan Briley got Simbin. Ryan Briley's her favourite player. When he got Simbin, she had tears in her eyes. Then she started screaming at the referee, saying, "He can't do that. He's not allowed to do that. The referee can't do that. Nothing wrong with that." And it's like just explaining the rules and things like that. But no, to me, it's great. I mean, there was that many kids there on, on Saturday, and you could see them all enjoying the, the match. I seen a few people I know, and they brought their kids, and that like, was starting to get into it. And you know, the the more and more youngsters that go, I think it's great for the club, isn't it? The future is bright. The future is red. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, it's not an excuse, but these are mainly Salford kids we're talking about. <laughs> I wouldn't worry too much about that. Uh, no, Angels. I, I <laughs> you know, I, I, I my nephew with me again, and you know, my brother brings him. He's to see to take it all with the other, you know, these other kids. Um, but they're they're a bit older, but he's. Um, He's at that age now where you start to to realise that he's he's going to high school. He's going to start. These words are going to be there. And I'm thinking he's going to earn them some, from somewhere. As long as he's not repeating them, that's absolutely fine. Not you know. And on uh, on uh, Saturday, I was absolutely I was over the moon, and the unexpleted may have flipped out, but in joy, not in mm. not in anger or anything like that. It was meant as a you know an embrace in many ways. And then I looked around and then sort of thought. Oh my God! Did I just say that in front of him? Yeah. Listen, it's you know, if he went to Old Trafford, he'd heard a lot more from a lot more people. So, mm. you know, I'd rather him be at the, the rugby with me um, and my brother, and we, you know, we we can talk to him if he ever comes out with one. But he's going to do it someday. I think Rory's at the stage where he's under his breath and he'll say it, and I'll go, "What was that?" And he'll go, <laughs> <laughs> "One of them." So, uh, yeah, it's. Like you say, rugby league is a family sport. Yada yada yada. So that's all the news, and now we'll see what's happening in the world of rugby league with White Size World of Rugby League. Right, well, here is this week's World of Rugby League. We'll start off this week. We've got an action-packed one as well, to, by the way. We've got loads going on. But we'll start off this week with the Youth Leagues, Northwest Youth League. There wasn't much to talk about because there's quite a lot of no results again, but we'll give you the results we do have. In the under-16s, Division 1, Rochdale Mayfield 54, Folly Lane 24, and Trafford Raiders 0, West Horton Lions 16. In Division 2 of the uh, under-16s, it was Dalton 20, Saddleworth Rangers 0. The fixtures for this week... In the under-18s, it's the finals. We've got the cup final between Old St. James and Waterhead Warriors at 3pm. And the plate final is at 1.30 between Clockface Miners and Saddleworth. Both those games are at Old St. James this Sunday. Also, in the under-16s on Sunday, Division 1, Rochdale Mayfield at home to Lee East. Division 2, Waterhead face Saddleworth Rangers. And in Division 3 of the under-16s, Salford City Roosters are at home to Wigan St. Cuthbert's. 
Well, moving on to the North West Men's League again. There was only one result involving our local size. Loads of no results again. I presume there's a lot of postponements as well with uh, the death of, uh, of Queen Elizabeth. So there was quite a lot of stuff going on. And I don't know, it's that time of year where there tends to be no results. So, um, yeah, Wednesday there's a match in Division 2 between Wigan Springview and West Hart and Lions. Wigan Springview won that by 32 points to 24. And there was also a result on Saturday in Division 4 South and East. That was Burton Woodbridge 12, Higginshaw 12. The fixtures for this week, there's just one. On Saturday the 17th of September, Division 4 North and West, it's Goldbourne Parkside against Higginshaw. The National Conference Leagues, well, the season's hotting up there. It's the playoffs. I'll give you all results from that. It was a grand final playoffs elimination semi-finals. Um, at the weekend in the Premier League, it was Lock Lane 4, Siddle 36. In Division 1, sorry, there was a game in the Premier Division between Thato Heath Crusaders and Wathbrow Hornets that was postponed. It's going to be played on Wednesday. The Hornets got stuck in motorway traffic, so that one will be played this Wednesday. Division 1 promotion playoff semi finals Intros Bridge 24, School Law 26, Wigan St. Pat's 28, West Bowling 12. In Division 2 promotion semis, Barrow Island 16, Wollstone Rovers 30, Normanton Knights 22, Clockface Miners 24. In Division 3 promotion semi finals Oldham St. Anne's 40, Bentley 18, Seaton Rangers 18, Shawcross Sharks 20. So, the fixtures for this week, Wednesday, that match between Thato Heath that got postponed and Wathbro is on Wednesday night. Uh, on Saturday, it's the grand final playoffs qualifying semi-final between West Hull and Hunslet Club Parkside. The elimination semi-final will be played between Thato Heath or Wathbro against Sid. Also, Thato Heath and Wathbro have got a busy week. In the promotion finals, Division 1, Wigan St. Patrick's face Skurlaw. In Division 2, Clockface Myers against Wollstone and Oldham St. Anne's are going for promotion. In Division 3, they're playing the short cross jack so an action-packed uh, saturday there in the national conference leagues well traveling across as we do every week 12,000 miles over to it's about 12,000 miles i think to the nrl over to australia it was the finals week one over there and there were some cracking matches melbourne storm i backed melbourne to win this game they cost me a few quid in an accumulator because i got all the others right but melbourne were beating 20 points to 28 home to canberra Raiders. a real seesaw game that melbourne had spells in the game then canberra came back they led 68 at half time it was 20 points to 22 until about seven minutes to go and canberra got a late drive from rapana so they've won it 28 20 in another game Cronulla sharks they continue their good run or they don't they got beat 30 32 sorry i misread that one they were beating 30 32 by the north queensland cowboys so the cowboys again cowboys and the sharks have been the form two sides uh, coming into the playoffs, so that was a cracking match there. Sydney Roosters 14, South Sydney Rabbitohs 30, and the Penrith Panthers came came from behind in that one. They won that 27 points to eight against Parramatta Reels. They led 7-6 at half time, but stormed to a victory in the second half. So finals week two, Friday the 16th of September, Parramatta Reels play Canberra Raiders. That's at 10:50 on Sky Telly, and on Saturday the 17th of September, Cronulla Sharks play South Sydney Rabbitohs at 11 a.m. on uh, on Sky Television as well. Right, let's get back to domestic action now. I promise not to make any mistakes, and I've made a few mistakes. They're a bit nervous about Saturday. But here we go. Betfred Super League Eliminators were played. Weekend just gone, as you know, Salford with a tremendous victory over Huddersfield Giants on Saturday, 28 points to nil. The night before, Catalan Dragons 10, Leeds Rhinos 20 in a really ill-tempered match over in Perpignan. So Leeds and Salford both through. Betfred Championship, round 27. This is the final round of the Betfred Championship. Bradford 10, Widnes 23. Halifax Panthers 22, Featherstone 24. Lee 64, Batley Bulldogs 6. London 20, Barrow 30. 
Whitehaven 40, Newcastle Thunder 24, York City Knights 74, Workington Town 12. The match between Sheffield Eagles and Jude Rounds was postponed. Witness 4, Halifax Panthers 32 is a round 26 game played last Monday, so Halifax with a win and a defeat there. In the Betfred League 1 qualifying playoff, North Wales Crusaders 12, Doncaster 26 in the elimination playoff. Loser going out of that one, of course. Rochdale Hornets beat Oldham in a bit of a derby match there at Spotland, 38 points to 24. So Oldham bow out, Rochdale Hornets progress. So the fixtures for this week then. Wigan play Leeds on Friday night. That's uh, the Betfred semi-final. Winner goes through to the grand final. That's an 8 o'clock kickoff on Sky. St. Helens play Salford on Saturday, 1 p.m. kickoff. The winner obviously goes through to the grand final to meet Wigan or Leeds. Exciting times. Betfred League 1 elimination semi. So the loser of this one goes out. North Wales Crusade against Rochdale Hornets. That's a half-five kickoff on Saturday. On Sunday, there's a Betfred League 1 qualifying semi-final. Winner goes to the grand final on this one. Swinton against Doncaster. Loser gets another bite at the cherry. I think the loser will play the winner of North Wales and Rochdale Hornets if I've uh, worked it out right. The Betfred Championship is the eliminators this weekend. No dates or times have been confirmed yet as I record this on Monday. But Halifax will play York City Knights and Barrow will play Batley. So that's it. That's all I've got for you this week. Sorry about the mistakes. Very nervous about Saturday. Take care this week. You know, enjoy it this week. The build up to the match, and I'll see you at uh, I don't know what it's called that ground on the Totally Wicked Stadium, is it? Uh, I'll see you there on Saturday. Take care. Ta-da. That was White Sides World Rugby League, and now we'll look forward to the big game on Saturday. <laughs> It's time on the double So, Salford travel to St. Helens for the semi-final uh, parquet. Big game, big moment. Yes. Absolutely, but I hope the players don't feel like this because they, they'll be very short asleep this week. It's massive, isn't it? It's massive, but it's what they deserve. It's where we deserve to be. I wouldn't swap it for the world. The, the progression of this team this season is nothing short of phenomenal. It, it really isn't. You know, I said at the start of the year, you know, I said to you two that I think, like everyone else, I think we're finishing the bottom three. I couldn't see anything else. I looked at our squad. I looked at other squads. And it just shows that nothing's gone on paper. Not played like that. Who'd have thought Warrington would have finished second bottom? You know, with the recruitment they've done and the money they've spent. And you look at our boys, and now we're going to say, telling to for a chance, you know, to go to Old Trafford again. And and we're going full of confidence, going knowing that we can beat them. Yes, we. One of our key links in the team won't be playing. We'll just put somebody else in because they're all playing with that confidence. The whole squad's got the the bug, if you like. I hope it's not, they, hope they don't get a bug. To it. <laughs> but, um, no, they, they've just been brilliant. And the, the the thing we've got is who comes in. All right, you're going to throw Chris Chris Atkin in at half. Who comes into his slot off the bench? Mm. We've got competition at this time of the season. We're 80 minutes from Old Trafford. By this time of the year, we're usually held together by strings. You know, what What an amazing job that the whole team have done. You know, the backroom team, the physios, the doctors, everybody, to keep these lads, or to get them right at the right end of the season, which happens to good teams. But this this is massive, absolutely massive. I don't think the lads will be nervous, because I think there's enough experience out there. You know, there's no there's nobody there who's going to sort of freeze or anything like that. And with the confidence going into it, 
I give us a massive chance of actually just going there and, and turning over. And even though, like I said earlier, the history's against us, gonna break sometime. Mm. So why be this week? It's it is a big game. Paul Rally has a big decision to make, like Parky said, with no Brody Croft. Obviously, we think about we're going to assume uh, Chris Atkin goes in two six and leaves a space on the bench. I've I've had a quick look through the Paul Rowley teams of the last sort of five six weeks, and he goes three forwards and Chris Atkin. So now there's no Chris Atkin. What do you think he does? Um, he's probably going to go four forwards, aren't you? Because I can't see you. I can't see you picking as much as I respect and like him. I can't see you going with Reese Williams on the bench because I think it'd be a bit of a waste having a winger on the bench. Um, I can't see him. I can't see him going with Harvey Lovett because I don't think he's up for match speed really for that. Yeah, that's nothing against him, but he's not played. He's hardly played. Greenwood. He's hardly played. I, I don't know. I think you have to go with a forward then. I mean, I think Sargent's still injured, isn't he? Uh, or, he, or he was off the pace a bit. So, but he played really well against Saints. So whether he'll come in on the bench, I'm not. I'm not too sure. I'll wait and see what happens. But no, it's a blow. But if if I was a coach, I, I'd put Chris Atkin in a standoff because when we played Saint Helens away in the league game, we got beat fourteen ten there. I thought Chris was great that night, and he was so unlucky not to get the match winning try. Uh, if I was Paul Ruller, put my arm around him this week and say, go and do it this weekend, mate. Go and win that game for us this weekend. And I, I think he will. I think Chris Atkin will do something. I think he'll score. He's a, he's a cracking lad, Chris Atkin. I really, really like him. And I couldn't think of anybody better, really, to, to, to get the winning try. I think he's a St. Helens ladder. He's quite a local lad as well. He's been one of those players that's been, you know, model pro throughout his career. Never, never moaned, never... Never been one for the headlines, and that just gets on and does his job. I hope he gets the nod, and I hope he goes and gets the winner. For me, Parker, it's process over people, and the balance is just right. Mm. So I'd go three forwards, and I'd have, I'd have either Amy Borough or Morgan Escary. Both pivots in a fashion. Not as creative, I'd say, as Chris Atkin, but similar kind of plays. I know it'd be a it'd be a big ask for Amir Borough because obviously new into the team, not played much this season. It'd be one of them moments that he grows or he shrinks if he gets the opportunity. Morgan Escaray, French international, been there, done it. You know, he might be more suited to that sort of pressure cooker atmosphere of a Super League semi final performance. So for me he's got to be one of them two and keep keep the system well I've, I've, I've been thinking about this today, and I, I, I think I think he, he will obviously start with Chris Atkin. I can't see why he wouldn't, but he does have an option, another option, and I'm not I'm not condoning this option, but he could he could move Ryan Braley to standoff, a man who knows all the pivot moves, who's been linking that role together all season, and put Morgan Escray at fullback. Not something I would do, but Ryan Braley with Sneed and Brody Croft have been that that, that little triangle of you know they, they know each other so well. Um, the only thing that I would say is I would put Harvey Lavert in on the bench as a fourth forward who can play in the backs. He can play 
centre. But he comes on in the second row. Callum Watkins could move centre if he had to, if he had injuries or whatever else. And the other week, Harvey Lovett played standoff. So obviously, Paul Rowley believes he can play at half back. Now, again, not something you can do. But if you're halfway through a game, you've got to move things about. I think Harvey Lovett's got that flexibility and that versatility. So it can't be him or Brian Lannan. Brian Lannan. Brian's not played the last couple of weeks, but I think he's been, I think he's had, he's at the back end of the season. I think he's had the best back end of his best half of a season I've seen him have. He's another option. But that's what I'm saying. Even Greenwood could come in on the bench. You know, he's, he's a big lad who's also at some point in his career played out wide, strangely enough. Um, it, it, it's a good headache to have. And obviously, like I say, Amir Burrow is a hooker. That's the role that needs filling most of the time when, when you do do that. But has he played enough? Is he ready? I don't know. The only the only people who know are those in the camp. You know, that, that's what you could do. But I think you don't want to move too many pieces from what you've been doing. So it's a straight swap. It's just who comes in on the bench, I think, for me. I think you put Atkin in a standoff. You know, you leave everybody else where they are. Yeah. Probably have to go with four forwards. Be interested to see uh, what happens with the team selection on Saturday. Referee is Chris Kendall. I know there was a bit of a hoo-ha on the on Twitter. Park has got his head in his hands already. <laughs> but you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Parker. We're a good team and we're in form. We play by the rules. We'll win the game. I'd love to believe that. I'd love to believe that. I think we can play by the rules. I'm just not sure the referee can. I think I think Paul Hume, it was, who put on Twitter today, the amount of times we've had him and how many games we've won. Yeah. And it's embarrassing. It is. Now, you know, I mean, we might have been rubbish in all those games. I don't know. But it's basically a, more or less a whole season of losses under one referee. That's how it comes across over the period. Mm. The grand final a couple of years ago, it, that's what worries me. It's the uncontrollables, the things that we can't do anything about. If, if we're allowed to you know, play our game, which is, we need quick play the ball, because that's when we have the, the best success, when Andy Akers gets 10 yards out of half-back, or you know, we get the right space to play the game, and we do get a fair crack of the whip, then we'll be fine. Um, it does worry me, but... I don't, I don't know. What can you do? It's, it's on the TV. Everybody's going to see it. So if he does have a stinker and he does get things wrong, he, he's going to risk getting a grand final out of it. Mm. I've got the stats here, Paul. And our win ratio under Chris Kendall is 23%. Win ratio. I think we've lost. I think I think we've lost three games that he's been in charge of us this season, which was Saints away, Wigan at home, and was it Warrington at home? I can't remember. There was there was three games that we've lost anyway with him, uh, and I've also looked back as well that we average one win every year with him in charge. So Saturday could be that day. Yeah, I think I think the Saint Helens away game. I think they they won that with two penalty goals, didn't they? Fourteen ten. And if you go back to that grand final, I'm not having a pop at Chris Kendall. I thought that grand final, he just seems to be a bit pedantic to me. Um, and if you're going to be... Do you know what? That Robert Hicks referee, that Huddersfield guy, I'm not saying could be won. I thought he was really, really sensible. Mm-hmm. Um, he he sort of understood that it's a playoff game, tempers are going to be high, I need to referee this 
it with common sense and, and get that players are hyped up. And that's what you want. To me, them playoff games, you should be like, you know, like when you watch the referee in the State of Origin games, they let little things go because it's a big game. It's a big, but it's not just a regular league game. This is big. So, you know, if he bashes him on the head or he has a go at him or chucks a punch at him, you know, we'll let it go because tempers and that's how that's how the referee should but to me there's a lot of referees now and he's one of them, Matt Kendall, James Charles, another one. They're like the school teachers, the way they, they penalise and everything and, and to me you've you've got to have a bit of give and take. And I don't want to see a, a, a game which has got a load of penalties and I want to see Salford and Satan's Glamour and Tong. Do you know what last week I thought it was brilliant. Chris Hill, Jack Armour I did a bit of a set to it was great. That's what rugby league's all about. That's what gets the crowd up. We love to see that. Don't be simbing them for that. Have a chat with them. Say, look, calm down, lads. Brilliant. I thought it was great from Robert Hicks. And if Chris Kendall referees it like that, you won't even notice him with the teams you're talking about and not the referee. Parker, you have one opportunity to pass a message on to the players before this big game. What do you say? I think, obviously, there's no pressure. No. But... Go and enjoy it and do what you've been doing. That's that's all they can do. They, you are good enough. You know that's that's all there is to it. Go and do what you've been doing, and enjoy enjoy what you do. I, I've got you know. I say there's no pressure. No pressure from we would love to win. We know we would. I think all three of us here would would agree that no matter what happens on Saturday this season has been nothing but a success and. You know, we, we can't keep enough praise on this team and, and the coaching staff. So, from a fan's point of view, for me, I've just loved every, you know, this, this last three, four months have been absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I've got no 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 pressure on the players at all. I'd love to win. But if they don't, you know, well done for, for what you've done this year and thank you. But... Just go and go and play the way you've been playing. Entertain us. If we win, we win. Simple. Paul. Yeah. What would you say? Um, I just keep it simple, Rob. To be honest with you, I mean, does that saying get said a, a lot? Uh, a friend of mine said that a number of years ago. Now that give us, give us your, give us our hearts, and we'll give you ours. And and Vinny, who said that, passed away a few weeks ago. Um, I heard from one of the, the supporters, and he's watched over a long time. And you know, I think that's who you, you've, you've got to. If I was Paul Rowley, I'd say get out there and do it for them lot behind the sticks. Do it for them lot and do it for yourselves. And you know, there's there's, there's people who are no longer with us who watched Salford for years and have, have never seen us lift a trophy. And let's go out and put a few things right. You know, Salem's a wig and win stuff all the time. Let's let let it be Salford's turn now. Go and take this opportunity with both hands. Go and grab it. I would say it's a moment, it's an opportunity, and it's in your hands. And at the moment, we've got it. Whatever it is, whatever good teams have, which which get them over a line in cup competitions and elite competitions. The last eight, eight weeks, we've we've got it. We've had it. So there's no reason to doubt yourself or think, "Oh, are we good enough?" Because the last eight weeks let's say shows that you are and uh, always believe something wonderful is about to happen and I do believe that's the case and I think on on Saturday it's, it's a springboard in it 
it's a springboard to to greatness to to etch yourself into that into the club's history really and I just I just hope that obviously you'll 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 go home and you'll you'll be your partners and your kids and you're you're playing for them you're playing for your for your family and you're playing for your you know yourself and you know wearing your shirt obviously we'll us fans we support you to the moon and back but really it's about you and putting in that performance that that will hopefully be enough to to take us to a grand final so after that deep and emotional moment Parker give us your <laughs> score prediction um, I haven't thought about this I forgot about this bit you do it every week <laughs> no um, still, still top of the league as well the prediction league is there I'm going to say St. Helens 16 mm-hmm. both Red Devils 24 24 16 oh uh, I broke my door at League Express hang on Salem's 18. Yeah. 25. 25. So I'm going to go. I'm going fairy tale stuff. Because yeah, that's what this season is, really. It's a fairy tale. So I'm going to go Saints 6, Salford 40. 46. And uh, Max need double. Do you know what, Rob? I can't, I can't even say to you that's ridiculous because something like that could happen. The way they play in this season, <laughs> something like that could happen. I'm not not saying it's going to do, but I don't know. Let's just win. <laughs> the pressure's on Saints. They're the, gra- yeah, they're the champions. They're the They've been there and done it. Is it 13 years? I think it's been to the grand final 13 times. So everyone expects them to go. And we're the underdog. And we're in form. You know, we're scoring tries. Yet, yeah, we've not got Brodie Croft. Well, this is a test. <laughs> you know, we talked about me. We joke about minerals, don't we? And, you know, you know how, how we've suddenly found, you know, a way to, to, to win games. But this is the ultimate mineral test, isn't it? If you can go to the champions away from home and win, <laughs> Parker, without arguably your star player, shows what minerals are all about. Yeah, I think just going on from that, obviously, you know, Paul Rowley will just remind the lads of the sacrifices that they've made all year to get to this. This is what they've been working for. But, you know, do it for Broder. Do it for Broder. Simple. He's, you know, he's been inspirational. He's been just, he's one of the reasons we are where we are. So just, you know, just remember that when you're going out there. He is, you know, still he's still there with us. Let's get him to a final. Mm. One team, one dream. That's what it is, Paul. Yeah, and I think you probably got some players in that side as well, without being disrespectful, or like so maybe Alex Gerard who's come in and Dion Cross and people Chris Atkin for another one who've probably never really dreamt about getting to grand finals. They they've never really played for for, for a Wigan or a St. Ellen's or a Leeds or anybody like that. And, and now they're, they're sort of 80 minutes away. This could be the absolute pinnacle of their career. Jack Armour is another one. He's, mm. what, 30 year old now. He's, he's probably playing the best rugby league of his career. If I was Paul Rowley, I'd be saying to him, 
you've got a chance now of going to a final and winning a major trophy and you know something you can always hold to your heart and show your grandkids I've won a won a Super League medal no good let's go and do it I mean these sort of opportunities don't come along very often do they but someone said that the other day I mean in 2019, I never thought I'd see this again, and, and here we are, three years later, and we're nearly there again. So, <laughs> so, so I don't know. So things things can happen if you work hard enough for them. Th- things can happen, can't they? But, uh, but yeah, let's let's just hope. You know, 1980 is a long time ago. My dad was telling me yeah. about that the other day. You know, he went with his mate Billy to that game, and he was only 20, 21. My dad then wasn't married, didn't get married till the September. And he said, "All my married life, we've never won there." And he said, 42 years is like a lifetime." He said, mm-hmm. "Think about how I mean. I wrote about a bit of that in the preview this week. How much the the, the Britain has changed in forty two years. It's it's crazy. Um, so so yeah, let's get that monkey off. I mean, the Leeds one from nineteen seventy seven to two thousand nine was long enough, but I think nineteen eighty. I say, I think it'd be special to go and win there. And the added caveat of that to get to a grand final as well, and to sort them smug sort of say and supporters out and rub their faces in it. I'd love that." So that's the end of this week's show. Parker, all got a bit sort of uh, tense in the last five minutes. Yeah, well, you know, if we're just thinking about if we're feeling the nerves, yeah. I think the lads are feeling right now. No, all, all we can say is, you know, it's been, a, it's been a great little chat this week again. We're all on a high. It's been like that for most of the year. And all I can say is good luck to the lads, you know, and uh, just go and enjoy yourself, boys. And, you know, let, let's hope... Uh, We've got another joyous week to talk about next week. Yeah, another great show. Paul, obviously, all set for the, the big game Saturday. Yeah, I, th- I just I can't see you, Rob, on the video, but I could see Parky before and I thought he was going to well up. He's really emotional. A bit like me, I feel the same. And I think any sort of sport will be, you've watched them a long time, it's in the bad times and that. I mean, these are the times where you've got to enjoy them. You've got to so come up, and because you never know if we're going to get these opportunities again, do you? So, so yeah, to the supporters, I just say enjoy this week now, enjoy the build up, enjoy the day on Saturday, and whatever happens, you know, you'll still be a Salford supporter on Sunday morning. So, uh, so yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, so big thanks to you this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. Good luck, Reds. We'll see you on the other side. Hey.